More on Millie. If it wasn't already clear why my students come to regard Millie as one of the most insidiously detestable characters in all of world literature, it should be now. Though she hides her scorn behind a thin veil of civility while the Gilberts are present, after they leave, the mask and the gloves come off. The way she treats her husband is sickening. Quote, He looks as if he'd got what it takes. I should think he'll be a success all right. I don't think it's much of a career, though, a schoolmaster, for a likely young chap like that. I bet when he leaves the place, it won't be without a pension. Unquote. That this treatment brings on one of Crocker Harris's attacks leaves little doubt that there is a direct correlation between Millie and his heart condition. He seems to have been suffering the slow onset of death by a thousand barbs. But we really see to the depths of Millie's repulsive soul when she responds to the news of Taplow's gracious gift. We knew that Taplow was earnest in giving it. We observed that it touched Crocker Harris deeply— and awakened in him a sense of promise that had been all but snuffed out. We saw Frank bear witness to the significance of this gesture, and begin to experience an awakening of his own. It was a beautiful moment. Then Millie, motivated by cruelty, bitterness, and spite, sneeringly undermines the sincerity and significance of this moment by telling Crocker Harris about Taplow's imitation of him, and insisting the book was nothing more than a bribe. I have had students read that scene, stand up, and threaten to throw their books across the room. On the surface, it's such an insignificant act. The moment is not one of epic drama. No one is being maimed or murdered. But my students are always left speechlessly horrified, because I think they have the sense that really, at root, someone is. Without wanting to stretch the metaphor too far— there seems to be a deliberate parallel between the play within the play and the play itself. Taplow's translator's license with the Agamemnon takes the simple, literal word husband and reveals what lurks beneath the surface in the story, the bloody corpse of the husband you have slain. Similarly, Crocker Harris seems at first only to be little more than a henpecked husband, but over the course of the play, we discover that he too is the mere corpse of a man who has been slain by his wife. The final nail in the coffin of Millie's character is the revelation that she has concealed nothing about her affair from her husband, but rather seems to have reveled in relating all the details. And on top of that, we discover that Frank is only one among many, when Crocker Harris comments, My dear Hunter, if, over the last twenty years, I had allowed such petty considerations to influence my choice of dinner guests, I would have found it increasingly hard to remember which master to invite and which to refuse. It is when these truths come to light that Frank calls her outright evil. So, commensurate with my students' disgust at Millie's nastiness is their satisfaction when Frank finally puts her in her place. Millie You've got a fine right to be so noble about him, after deceiving him for six months. Frank, twice in six months, at your urgent invitation. And they often erupt in cheers when Crocker Harris, albeit in his own stilted, subtle manner, finally breaks things off with Millie himself. Millie, he's coming to Bradford. Andrew, I expect so. Oh, by the way, I'm not. I shall be staying here until I go to Dorset. Millie, 
indifferently. Suit yourself. What makes you think I'll join you there? Andrew. I don't. Millie. You needn't expect me. Andrew. I don't think either of us has the right to expect anything further from the other. Millie arouses in the reader the same feeling Frank says is the only one she ever succeeded in arousing in him, an intense and passionate disgust. If you look back over the play, it is really remarkable with what economy of words Radigan has created this icon of passive-aggressive cruelty.